welcome to a special cage match episode of the Fantasy Headliners podcast. Boy Kyle, Jake, Dr. Ethan Turner. I'm going to be tonight's special guest referee because if you watch the videos over on YouTube and you checked out Jake and Ethan's video from last week, there was a disagreement on Damian Pierce. And we're going to go over a lot of things tonight. But the people wanted it. They wanted Ethan and Jake in the cage, ready to go. And tonight, we're going to do that because we give the people what they want. Jake, any words for your uh, your opponent tonight? Uh, I'm really not overly worried about it. I mean, this is kind of like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant when Hogan slammed Andre the Giant. Like That's kind of how I feel this episode is going to go. Ethan, how do you feel about Jake just calling you Andre the Giant and himself Hulk Hogan? <laughs> well, uh, I'll be honest with you, Kyle. Uh, Andre the Giant beat the snot out of Hulk Hogan. Many, many. <laughs> so it's pretty bold to start uh, making wrestling references to the guy that is still a wrestling fan. So... I Best haven't watched luck, wrestling in like forever. It shows. <laughs> okay. Uh, Good. Best of luck to Jake, but uh, also uh, he has no chance. Uh, in the words of DX, suck it, Dr. Ethan. Speaking Turner. of wrestling, I wear singlets when I work out. I believe that. <laughs> anyway, I think this is a great topic to start the show tonight anyway, because Today, it was actually announced that the unofficial starter for the Houston Texans, which I feel like we all knew anyway, was going to be Damian Pierce. And I know I don't want, I'm not going to give any input right now. I'm not going to give any input myself, but this has been a hot topic over the last couple of weeks because we've seen Damian Pierce go from being like a late round stash to a fourth round pick. It's one of the highest like climbs I've seen from a player so quickly in the offseason. So I'm going to pick a number between one and 10. Jake, you go first. Four. Ethan. Six. So Ethan, go ahead and give your opening argument because you're for Damian Pierce, like big time, right? You know, I was really for Damian Pierce with like a 10th round ADP. That's not the case. And that is where I feel like Jake has a competitive advantage in this fight because I can't control where people are drafting him now. I will agree with what Jake will probably say is that the ADP, the price is getting a little overblown, pretty outrageous across the board. I haven't seen fourth round, but I have seen like fifth, sixth pretty consistently. Um, in auction drafts, which I just participated in one uh, actually yesterday, uh, he still went well below the starters. So it depends on the drafting format that you're in. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that he's still, I don't think he's considered an elite talent um, from a value perspective, but we all know that running backs get shoved up draft boards as they should. And what I think we're seeing is something that I've noticed in the fantasy just spear this year we're seeing a lot of people pitching wide receiver heavy starts which i have never done uh i don't believe that you guys are into wide receiver heavy starts no 
or hero running back where you take one running back and then you wait as long as you can before you take more running backs. I'm not a big proponent of that. I'm still RB heavy. Uh, but I think that's where what you're seeing is these guys that want the top wide receivers are now pushing up these kind of what should have been mid tier, you know, eighth to 11th round picks running backs up into this outstanding ADP, you know, this fourth, fifth, sixth round, because they are now scrambling to get running back talent. Now, all that is to say, Damian Pierce still has a great opportunity with the Texans. We know that he is not just, not just the unofficial depth chart. He has earned that spot. He has beaten out his competition. Now, admittedly, not great competition, but he did do the job. Like he was impressive in the preseason when he got touches. He was impressive when he played in college. Jake's falling asleep, but I don't care. I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, he was impressive when he got touches in college. And we've seen this before. The guys that the fantasy community miss on the most at running back are the guys that were not bell cows in college because we just don't hear about them as much. Uh, but 16 touchdowns on 119 touches last year in college, that is like a crazy efficiency. And he's just got this, and I've said this a few times, and I know you can't quantify this, but he's slippery, man. Like he's hard to tackle. People bounce off of him. It's strange. It happened in college. We've seen it in the preseason. And I just think that like, I just believe that this guy is like a pretty solid RB2. And I think that in the, after the sixth round, I think that's fair value. Now, fourth round, that's kind of outrageous. I don't, I don't believe in that, but that's where it is now. So Jake's probably going to win the fight. Jake, we're going to go over to you. Ethan has far exceeded his timer. I didn't even know if there was a damn time limit there for a second. Jeez. We don't care about your timer. I, I Here's the deal, okay? <laughs> I have never once said that Damian Pierce sucks. I've said that he plays on a below-average offense, running behind a below-average offensive line, and there's no way he's getting that many scoring opportunities that we saw him get in college in Houston. He's not going to be a 16 touchdown guy. He couldn't even win the job outright for his own team in college last year. I mean, he's never had a year where he's had at least 125 total touches. So we really don't know for sure what he's going to be. And if we're banking on touchdowns in college where he averaged 6.6 .6 yards per touch, I don't see him doing that in Houston. Now, Maybe Davis Mills takes a step forward. Maybe maybe Nico Collins turns into a thing this year, and they can help pull some defenders outside of the box. But the rise to superstardom that we've seen in Damian Pierce has been led due to a preseason with him running up against a bunch of guys who are no longer in the NFL. And it's, it's not that he's bad. He capitalized when he was given an opportunity. Great for him. I want to see him get an opportunity. I just don't want him in my fantasy lineup really week one because I don't know what's going to happen with Damian Pierce. And he's not one of those guys that you can throw in in a bad matchup like he has this week and just feel okay about it. I mean, it's it's worrisome to me. He's got a matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, who on paper are great against running backs. So this week, honestly, not a great opportunity for Damian Pierce. This kind of reminds me of what we saw a couple years ago with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
maybe that was a little bit more exaggerated because he went all the way up to the first, second round. But a lot of people got excited with what happened and they, they totally ignored the actual film of, of the player and, and didn't put it into the right type of scheme of what we're going to see this year. And the guy got totally overdrafted. I see a lot of stat lines coming this year for Damian Pierce, where he ends the game with 16 to 17 carries for 69, 70 yards and an occasional touchdown. Is that going to kill your fantasy team? No. Is it going to help it? Probably not. All right. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take off my ring announcer hat here for us. I don't think you're allowed to do that as the impartial third party, Kyle. I think I'm allowed to do whatever I want to right now, I don't Ethan. Think so. Anyway, just scared you're going to take my side because I pay you. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I already took your side yeah. because I did a video, a members only video a couple of weeks ago about Damian Pierce. Cause I, I mean, I was mentioning Damian Pierce. I started to mention him even before Marlon Mack got cut because I had mentioned Marlon Mack super early in the off season. And then I was like, wait a second. Okay. This isn't looking good. Pierce is looking like the, so then obviously I, I changed course and I was like, Hey, Damien Pierce, you got to be keeping an eye on him. But after I watched him in that first game of the preseason, there were some things that I saw in film that it was like, I don't love this. And yes, he's slippery. Yes. He's got some bursts, some vision. I like all that. He does not have great balance. If you watch him on tape, he does not keep his feet under him very, very well. Like he doesn't have a great center of gravity. Like you see some of the really good running backs have where you push them around, you knock them around. Yes, but they've got their legs below them. They're driving forward and they keep going. He gets ran into and he looks like one of those tops that used to spin like Jake when you were like 10 back in the day wow. in the mean streets of Phoenix when wow. videos were black and white, like way back in the day. <laughs> See, I took your side on this, so I had to make fun of you as well. But it was like one of those things. It was like bouncing. You know what it's like? It's like Beyblades. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. No. Yes. Okay, my kids have those. Jake wouldn't know. You put them together. They're like, they're like, they're way cool. He just used tops. They're tops. Like your version track. of tops. Like they're like tops with tops. armor on them, with like metal he armor. Used my version of tops. Oh. He two generations. Good reference, Kyle. Same thing, but just you know, way cooler. Yeah, but you put them in like Mine's a little arena and you spin them and they nail each other and they knock each other and they fall apart. That's what he looks like. He's just like all over the place. And that scares me, especially when we talk about maybe the volume isn't going to be there at the NFL level. If he's just bouncing off a bunch of people and he's not able to get himself going afterwards, that's where I run into concern about the efficiency things that Ethan brought up. Plus, look at the start. Look at the start of his schedule. And that's another thing that that worries me a little bit. He starts off with Indianapolis. I believe that's a very difficult matchup for opposing running backs. The following week, the Denver Broncos. Not going to get much easier that week. Then he gets a solid week going up against the Chicago Bears, a battle of two teams who probably aren't going to be very good. And then after that, he gets the Los Angeles Chargers. So three of his first four matchups to start, I don't even know if he's startable those weeks. And that's what worries me, that if you're having to draft a guy as early as Damian Pierce, I, I, I would rather take a risk on Zeke going up against Tampa Bay because at least I know hopefully he's going to get 16 to 18, 20 touches or so. I don't know what to expect from Damian Pierce in difficult matchups to start the season. Well, I do think that, uh, again, when I was arguing for him, for him on our channel, my argument was not to focus too much on the start of the year. 
that he was a second half of the year guy that will grow over the first half of the season. And he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 17. Okay. It doesn't get spicier than that for a fantasy running back. Okay. The Jaguars were terrible against the run last year. But how many fantasy like teams are still going to be in it when they used a fourth or fifth round pick on him as maybe they're like RB2? Well, the thing is, is like he's on the ropes, Kyle. Did you see that? Look, he's on the ropes. He's getting his look. I saw the jelly like is, a WWF or E or whatever they call it these days match where like the the referee pulls a chair out from underneath the ring and hits the other competitor. That's what I just did. Yeah. Well, I knew I was in trouble because it was two V one to start, but this is my argument and I will stick to it. When I recommended Damian Pierce, he wasn't going in the fourth round. Okay. Which, which but, I agree with you when he was yeah. going later in drafts, I had no issues with that. But, Agreed. But the thing is, is we do this with everyone that gets hype. It seems like everybody said he was a sleeper, but they all said it six weeks ago. And so now you're not a sleeper anymore. Everybody knows about you. And that, puts me in a bad spot. Okay. Look, I agree with Jake. There could be a lot of volume and inefficiencies with that volume. I think that if cam acres is going around the same spot, I could make the exact same argument against cam acres, which we probably would. Yep. Uh, Cause we're not fans of cam acres this season, but, but there is still value with a guy that's going to get you that much volume. He doesn't really have an injury history to speak of. He's going to get some volume. If he gets used even marginally in the passing game, maybe Rex Burkhead gets hurt. He gets three or four or five targets a game. They're playing from behind. We're still looking at a pretty solid value for an RB2. Uh, but I do like him a lot better at RB3 prices. That okay. I can't disagree with. I think that does it. I think okay. we're going to let the people settle. Now, arguments have been made. Let us know in the comments over on YouTube. If you're members and you're in Discord, let us know in Discord. Let us know on Twitter. Who do you think won the cage match between Jake Hulk Hogan Hubman and Ethan Andre the Giant Turner? <laughs> let us know. But I, okay, so here's what I want to do. That was a little bit long-winded. We talked about that for a few minutes. In like two words, what do you think about Philip Lindsay signing with the Colts? <laughs> Good. Good. Even keep it in. Well, you tried to keep it in, but I mean, at this point, I don't know. I don't know if anything really matters because I, I I feel like I've already claimed my belt, even though I haven't gotten anything from the people yet. I don't feel good after this argument. I really thought I was going to have a chance, and then I watched every. I swear I made this argument. I made that video before I left on vacation. I, I recorded that video like in July. And then for five straight weeks, his ADP rose like around a week. Yep. And so then it made me look like I was jumping on the bandwagon and I'm just, I'm not happy with this. Okay. I, I'm but if not you did thrilled. the video before, wouldn't you be a trendsetter? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close yeah, to a trendsetter. We didn't release the videos. It was the day after it was noticed that he was going to be the lead running back. You you the get day some we you dropped get, it. You get but the some day street I recorded cred. It was you three weeks before that? Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. we're a team here. All yeah. right, hey, we're a point, 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 point,
And we, not, as no. a channel, also mentioned Damian Pierce much earlier in the offseason as well to keep an eye on. So I believe we are trendsetters, but we are not trendsetters at a fourth-round ADP, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah, now, no. uh, can, can we transition to another player since we have Ethan here? I got questions. A lot of yes. people got questions. Hit me. Is it Matthew, J.K. Dobbins? Matthew Stafford. Oh, okay. Now, oh, man. how worried are we? Not maybe so much. I mean, I guess it all ties together. I mean, people spent a first-round pick on Cooper Cup. People have Allen Robinson with some high hopes, maybe as their wide receiver too. And now Matthew Stafford looks like he's going to be playing, but could be managed weekly. And a lot of people have a lot of questions. What are we thinking about Matthew Stafford? The, the problem with Stafford is we're dealing with an, an elbow issue, an inflammatory issue that will not go away until basically he can go to complete rest. The concern is that, it's the beginning of the season. If this was 12 weeks in, I'd be like, yeah, well, most quarterbacks, I bet if you ask them are having some shoulder elbow discomfort, but he's having it coming off an off season where he should have been resting and fixing this. Um, the reason it's concerning to me is he historically has thrown way more than his age implies. He has thrown the football at a near league top rate basically since he joined the league he's got more throws in that arm than most quarterbacks do at the same age uh, i looked it up actually because i was curious and if you look at when big ben uh, ben roethlisberger uh, threw out his elbow uh, if you look at just nfl number of nfl throws between those two guys they were only like five or six hundred off of each other like where Mas matthew stafford is now and where Big Ben was when he threw out his elbow in terms of total throws. That's really just like a season for Matthew Stafford. And Stafford is three years younger, four years younger than Ben was when he threw out his elbow. So that is a major concern for me. Um, it might indicate that as we see these quarterbacks continue to throw uh, more and more passes every single year that we need to start basically keeping a pitch count on how many times did they throw the ball, uh, and is that leading to arm breakdown similar to older pitchers um, and even younger pitchers? Uh, you throw too much. Kyle will tell you, baseball player, uh, you throw too much, your elbow will start to hurt. And if you're throwing 40, 50 times a week at full strength, as hard as you can, the way these quarterbacks do, don't be surprised if your elbow starts to hurt. Well, all right then. So with that being said, how much do you think it actually limits him in the production potentially for like a Cooper cup? I mean, I'm moderately concerned so, only because there is a non-zero chance that he blows his elbow out and well, you'll see it. Well, that's disgusting to say. I mean, well, not like things got graphic awfully quick. No, wait, did you just like, say that you do think he's going to throw his elbow out? I said that there's a non-zero chance that he does typically a UCL tear um, which is what Big Ben had, uh, that occurs kind of spontaneously off of a hard throw. And you see it with pitchers too. They'll basically throw a pitch and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, like I've screwed up my arm. Mm -hmm. And that risk is present basically every time he throws a football, as long as it's irritated. Um, we don't know what the microtrauma looks like. I don't think that personally, I am totally avoiding Matthew Stafford this year in fantasy. I think that he's still got some value. It's not something that 
it's not a position that you, unless you're playing in a really, you know, competitive super flex or two QB league, if it's a one QB league, you just take Matthew Stafford and just hope that nothing happens, which is, there's a good chance that nothing happens with this. They manage it all year and he's fine. Uh, but there's also a chance that his elbow explodes. So, well, so I'm no, I'm, I'm obviously no doctor. So I'm asking this or I'm uh, I'm a doctor of love. Um, so I'm bringing this up more. <laughs> no, you're not. You're so Ethan not. had a response there, but he kept it to himself. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing this up more as it's kind of a question slash a little bit of, of pushback on the blowing out of the elbow, throwing a football. I think there is a major difference in throwing a football and throwing a baseball, especially in terms of the aggression in which you put on the elbow, because with a football, yes, you're probably going to throw it a little bit more throughout the week, especially practice wise. But like we've talked about, they're going to manage him throughout the season. So he's probably not going to throw a whole lot in practice, I would assume. So the most he's probably going to throw on any given day is going to be on Sunday. And we're talking what? Max of probably 35 to 40, max of 50 a game. Like we're not going to see him throwing too much over that. Last year, he didn't even average 40 a game. So Okay, so I would say 35 is probably pretty fair. Okay, so 35. So he throws 35 balls in a game. And maybe half of them a little bit more are at full speed, high torque throws. Like I'm getting this ball out. I'm throwing it as hard as I can, or I'm throwing it deep. Others might be touch passes. Others, you know, might be some lobs, things of that nature. Whereas like a pitcher, if you're talking about like a starter, you know, he's throwing 80 pitches in a start and at least 50% of those are as hard as he can possibly throw a baseball. So I feel like there's a little bit of a difference. Well, there. yeah. And, and, and there's also, yes, I wasn't saying that the stress on the elbow is exactly the same. Pitchers gotcha. have way more stress on their elbow from mechanically how hard they have to throw and how often I was more implying just that the mechanics of throwing something do put stress on the elbow, especially overhand. I mean, yes. it's overhead, overhand. The arm was not built to throw, on the elbow. throw like that. Sidearm throwing puts even more stress on the elbow. And we know that Matthew Stafford likes to throw a sidearm or two. Wait, so, is that why I blew out my bicep tendon is because I threw sidearm a lot when I became a reliever? That's because you had no bicep. That's true. That's true too. Jake, I just spent the last 20 minutes being on your side. That's also (laughs) true. (laughs) No, uh, the stress. I did call you super old too, though. So Kyle, the stress is uh, definitely more in pitchers, but if there's already damage there, there is, um, it's not like he can, you can't throw the football without some stress on the elbow. And we don't know what throw is going to be. You know, we don't know what he's going to look like week to week. And so there is some uncertainty, I guess, in my opinion, uh, just as to far as far as like how healthy is he going to be? And because there's a non-zero risk that he is shut down for the year, you have to bake that in to his price, to Cooper Cup's price, to really the whole offense's price. I mean, I've been a little bit cooler on Allen Robinson because if Stafford isn't throwing as much like his wide receiver two may not be what we want his wide receiver two to be. 
which makes total sense. I was just one of those things. A lot of people getting a little bit worried as the season's getting close and it's Thursday night football. So I guess we'll see here pretty soon, but we also got a couple games this week that I am super excited to watch. We got some revenge games this week. Mm. We got Mm. Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Mm -hmm. We have the Cleveland Browns coming to Carolina to face Baker Mayfield. I have a feeling that these are two games that are really going to go one end of the spectrum or the other. I can see Baker throwing four touchdowns and 400 yards this week. I can see Baker going out there and throwing four interceptions and not breaking a hundred. You know I mean? It's, it's so wishy-washy and with Russell Wilson, a lot of people expecting big things from the Denver Broncos going back to Seattle. Seattle is not what they used to be. Do we, do we see an explosion from Russ going back to Seattle and how does Baker look against uh, his former team in Cleveland? I think, I mean, I'm rooting for the bake show. I'm, I'm going I'm root- for the bake show. That's right. I'm rooting for a bake show this weekend. Okay. Toss it in the oven, let it cook for a few minutes, pull it out. Delicious muffins, cookies, baked goods. That is what I see from Baker Mayfield, not the burnt crap that you got to throw away because you can't eat it. I'm talking about delicious treats. That's what I see from Baker Mayfield this week. But like you said, he could also get sacked seven times by Miles Garrett and throw four interceptions. So it could go either way. I think Russ, I think Russ and the, and the Broncos are going to just destroy Seattle. Yeah. I I don't think Seattle, I don't think Seattle keeps up. Ethan, you looking forward to these ones or no, or do you not even care? You just (laughs) care about the Steelers and that's it. Uh, I have been intentionally trying to just watch my Steelers, uh, just more for time management's sake. Uh, otherwise I get sucked into a, the vortex of my couch on Sundays, but, uh, I always watch Thursday. I always watch Monday, uh, pretty much every week. So I will, I will say that I hope for entertainment's sake that Baker just puts on a show because I think that would be so entertaining. And I think that from a fantasy perspective, if Carolina is going to blow somebody out of the water, this could be a game that they could do it because they have everybody healthy. I mean, Carolina's biggest issue for the last two years is Christian, Christian McCaffrey hasn't been healthy. So if Christian McCaffrey is hundred percent healthy, he could be the one that lights up the Browns and Baker just like dumps it off for four touchdowns, which is not nearly as exciting, but would that not be so on brand for Baker Mayfield to mm-hmm. dump off four touchdowns and then be like, I am the greatest thing that has ever touched the Cleveland Browns. I'm the greatest thing. I'm the reason we won. And Christian McCaffrey is just in the background with like three touchdowns and 160 yards receiving on 10 catches. Just like, yeah, you do you Baker. Good job, buddy. Like <laughs> uh, that's still and, a and win Rush- for Baker though. Right. I mean, you- I don't think he cares if that's what happens. I mean, I think on the perception of the media and everything out there, they're all going to say, oh, well, it wasn't really all on Baker's shoulders. I mean, he had a lot of help, but I mean, that's kind of what we're expecting. At least I am from Baker Mayfield in Carolina. I'm not expecting him to go deep down the field a lot. A lot of the weapons they have, he's going to have to utilize those underneath routes. And that's what, that's what makes Baker a little bit better. When he starts to force it downfield, that's when we start to have the problems with interceptions and trying to force it into tight windows. This offense in Carolina could fit Baker Mayfield really well to the point that once we hit midseason, he could be considered as a quarterback too in some leagues, I feel like, because DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, as long as they're healthy on the field, could really boost his numbers by what they do after the catch. 
you know who you know what these two remind me of christian mccaffrey is the straight a student scholar in high school he's he is the perfect student but you know what He's hitting a little bit of a rebellious streak, all right? His parents have been getting on him a little too much. They're upset that he got that B on his last test. He's looking to rebel a little too much. Well, guess what? There's a new kid in town. His name is Baker Mayfield, and this guy knows how to get himself into trouble. So Christian McCaffrey goes to Baker Mayfield, and he's like, I want to get myself into a little bit of trouble. Well, Baker then takes him out and gets him way in over his head. And now Christian McCaffrey is screwed and he's like, I done messed up. That's what that relationship is like. Christian McCaffrey's the guy in the background that's just going to be like, <laughs> I had nothing to do with this, sir. It was all him. I swear to God, I'm innocent. Take him to jail. That's pretty much me every time Kyle starts a fight on Twitter in my mentions. Basically. Uh, where I'm just Don't in the background. Tweet. Like, I didn't know that we were going to fight today. I wasn't ready mentally or physically. <laughs> Kyle Every time like you tweet, you should be ready for it. It's Twitter. He never tells me. He's never like, hey, man, I'm just going to let you know. I'm about to stir up <laughs> some drama. He just goes in. No, 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 it. no. You're acting like I start it. It's people who start it with you. And then I just come in and close. And I'm just I'm like, whatever. Start the drama. I'll just be over here not caring about you. And Kyle's like, mm -hmm, I'll handle it. Uh. As far as Russ goes, Russ should absolutely smoke the Seahawks and it will be glorious to watch. I don't feel like there's any bad blood there. So I don't really feel like as Agreed. I think Baker is like legit upset with the Browns. Like, I think if you got him in a room, you were like, hey, off the record, like how ticked off are you about this? He'd be like, I am furious. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like Russ, if you got him into the, a room, would be like, hey, man, how much do you not like the Seahawks? He'd be like. Uh, there's just no they were going a different direction i wanted to compete for titles like it just didn't work out yeah i i totally see that as well but i still feel russell wilson on the inside wants to go out there and show out in front of his old home crowd that supported him for so long they kind of held russ back in seattle right russ likes to go deep down the field they didn't really want to do that very often i have a feeling that this week we're going to see russ going deeper down the field just to try to like not you know stab the knife in so much but just to say this is what i wanted this is why i left this is what i was looking for i'm not going to be surprised if we don't get some big games from either jerry judy Cortland sutton maybe even albert are you okay you like that ethan you you, okay? you, you agree are with you that okay? e okay? ethan looks satisfied right now you can't tell it by listening to it but ethan had that like like he needed a smoke or something you know what i mean he was feeling oh, good right there well, you said lots of words there, Jake, uh, stabbing, uh, going deep. Yeah, um, you were just, you were just in the mode. I just wasn't sure. I, for a second, my, my mind just drifted off into inappropriate land, but I've pulled it back. Okay. Well, let's pull it back here. One more question. I'm going to ask both of you guys. And then if you have anything else you want to add, you can after this, but it's something that I talked about earlier in the week maybe it was with no it wasn't with Kyle I don't remember who it was with this I've talked to a lot of people but it was about Sam Howell and I kind of have this feeling on the inside that we may see Sam Howell as the starting quarterback at some time in Washington here this season it just I, he's somebody who was severely underrated in the draft I love the, the steal of a pick that Washington got this guy was once talked about as a top tier quarterback you know two years ago and then he lost 
Javante Williams and Michael Carter and Deami Brown. He lost all of his weapons in college, and then they kind of said, oh, well, he struggled his last year. Well, no crap. He didn't have anybody else. He's starting to turn some heads in Washington. Would it surprise either one of you if he is the starting quarterback at some point this year? No, but I think it would have to come sooner rather than later. Like how soon? I think like I think Wentz would have to be a disaster to start the year. Like it would have to be bad for them to turn it over to Howell. Just because they're going they've gone out and they've gotten a veteran quarterback, which they thought they needed. And then I don't want to say they got a gift on Sam Howell because they also passed on Sam Howell quite a bit. Right. So it was one of the, it was like one of those things. Well, how low did they even have him on their draft board to say, okay, now we'll take a shot on him. So does he, does he jump in at some point in time? I think if it does, it's early. And that's because Ron Rivera is like, I can't do this. I can't do this with Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz even treads water, like if he's even okay to start, I don't think we see Sam Howell this year unless there's an injury. Yep. Ethan. I just, I agree. I think they're going to go with Wentz. I think that if Sam Howell got a chance to play, he has some sneaky upside in fantasy because he was a pretty underrated runner for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being the size that he is. He, he reminded me of a less extreme uh, Baker Mayfield when he was in college, you know, he can run, he can scramble. He, I think he's a good leader. And so my concern would be that maybe Carson Wentz just loses the locker room quickly, you know, maybe some really heart crushing interceptions. And then there's maybe a chance that we see Sam Howell, but I just don't, I, I think they're going to go with Wentz. I think they want to try to win and they look at Wentz's, okay, we know at least what we're getting with this. If we go to how there's almost no chance we're going to have, a, you know, a playoff level season. Yep. I, I can hear that now. All right. Now I said, that's the last thing that I had and it really is liar. No, it's not. Cause I have nothing else, but I do know that it would not be a normal podcast with Ethan here. If we didn't give him a chance to rant about something. Rant away, baby. Ethan, do you have anything that you want to rant about right now? You can't rant forever. But do you have anything on your mind right now that you just need to get off? Quickie rant. Yeah, give it, give us a quickie. Yeah, um, I have a problem with the disrespect that uh, just really fantasy analysts in general have given to injury analysts this offseason. Uh, everybody thinks they know about Christian McCaffrey. Everybody thinks they know about Saquon Barkley. Everybody thinks they know about Derrick Henry. And what I don't think that we realize in the fantasy community is that the vast majority, 99% of people that stand in front of mics that give you fantasy advice could not even tell you what an ACL is, what a Jones fracture is, uh, what a high ankle sprain is. And so my plea, my rant today is to please for the love of if you hear anyone that is not on this channel specifically me trying to give you gonna say i was like wait a second you're opening the door for me to say something i trust you two because i know that if you're saying something you've asked me about it at least i know jake will kyle what's that supposed to mean I'm kidding. These two guys know to ask me before they say something stupid about injuries, but just know that if you hear a fantasy take 
about an injury this season. And you're like, mm, that who said that? Just pay attention for the please pay attention. One, two, even if they're injury analysts, you have to understand the vast the reason I got into this is because I love fantasy football. It is it had I was a fantasy analyst before I even was a doctor because I love fantasy football that much. This is true. I knew you then. I was a fantasy analyst before I ever had any medical training. I was a fantasy fan first. Most of these fantasy doctors, Twitter doctors that you see are trying to take advantage of the fact that there's not very many fantasy specific injury people. And they are trying to use medical knowledge only to give you fantasy advice. I have played in leagues with many of fantasy analysts. Almost all of them suck at fantasy football. They are not good at the actual game. So please pay attention to who you're listening to. Make sure that they have some type of medical training. And if they do have medical training, just remember in the back of your head, are they only here because they're a doctor that likes football or are they here because they're a fantasy fan, a football fan that just happens to be a doctor? Because that's what I am. And that's where I get so frustrated because the number of doctors out there that are giving you medical advice, but can't correlate it at all to fantasy success is infuriating. And that's it. I'll stop my rant there. Can I add one, one little thing real quick before we leave? It's also one of the reasons why I love our doctor, Dr. Ethan Turner so much, because you are out there flexing your knowledge. You are giving your knowledge in a great, precise manner, i.e., when we were at the Fantasy Football Expo and Zach Wilson went down with his injury, we all sat around the table with you and listened to you talk about Zach Wilson and why you didn't believe he had an ACL tear. But everybody was doing videos and tweets about ACL tear. He's done. This is blah. And you were like, I don't think so. Like, I feel like people are overreacting a little bit. I think it might be a little bit less than what we thought. Like even with your platform, you are out there trying to flex on people right away. You still take your time, use your knowledge, utilize it and give the people an answer they deserve instead of an answer they want. You're welcome. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll just add to that specific situation. You see this every single week during the season. The goal to be first in injury analysis is the stupidest goal I've ever heard because we cover a sport that only plays one game a week. We learn exactly what's wrong with these guys within 24 hours, sometimes within the same day. So you will rarely hear me speculate on what's wrong with a guy. I'm not going to go out there and be like, yep, that's an ACL tear. If you ask me, I bet be like, I don't know. It kind of looks like this, but we'll see in the next 24 hours exactly what it is. So there's no point speculating. Don't fall for clickbait dudes that are just trying to get you to click on their video because they're, they're freaking out and trying to overanalyze something they can't see or analyze in real, real time. You can't just rely on video analysis. And, and if you see a clickbait title, like is so-and-so done for the season, just know that if that video dropped within 
an hour of that injury happening, that dude has no idea what is actually wrong with that player. They're just hoping that they're right. So they can say, oh, I told you so. And I don't do that. Like, there's no sense. It doesn't give you any competitive advantage. All right, Jake, I entered the episode. Would you like to pull us out? Uh, Well, first off, I don't know if I liked your choice of words there um but yeah i mean obviously it's it's good to get you guys in here having a nice little conversation uh if you guys could do us a favor if you enjoy the podcast don't forget leave that five-star review to help us continue to grow here on itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever it is you're listening we greatly appreciate that support we'll be coming back each and every week with a brand new episode remember this is not stuff that we put on youtube this is more kickback relax just us talking with the with the boys and including you headliner nation so thank you so much for the support here looking forward to kicking off our listener league on fan tracks hopefully i finish higher than at least both of you guys so i can continue to wear a crown around here i mean doc had to well, wear we know we, you'll finish higher than ethan yeah i, I mean I've, I've done that year after year i'm fairly certain that you put me in the same fan tracks league as you so that you could make me wear that dr loser mask again <laughs> yeah and i'm not happy about yeah, it Jake. i 100 percent handpicked you to be in my league just oh. so you could bust out that paper bag but we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the day thank you so much for tuning in uh hopefully you guys have a great rest of your day a great week don't forget to check out all the videos here week one on youtube waiver wire start sit rankings whatever you need we got you covered but until next time we're going to get out here for the day have a great rest of yours and talk to you later